Hey there, Meyer Sign friends and followers. I'm Michael Boss, and I have the privilege of being the creator and host of Tales of the Magic Skagit, a podcast series celebrating the people, places, and things that make the Skagit Valley magic, sponsored by Meyer Sign. Thanks for giving us a listen. And now, on to the program. I'm going to give you a little bit of what, what treaties actually are. We don't think about it when we look back at our Constitution. It says treaties are the law of the land. Well, they don't tell you that in order to make a treaty, it has to be between equal bodies. You don't see any treaties between Skagit County and Canada. Or Washington and Uganda, because you have to be equal parties. So when the United States made each treaty with each tribe, the United States was acknowledging that we were a country. And think about how many treaties there were. There were hundreds. So there are hundreds of little countries within the United States. And when you read the treaties, they're basically, they're, well not even basically, they are. They are um, mortgages, literally mortgages. We, the tribal people, are gonna sell you that part of the land. But within the treaties, what rights are reserved for us is that we're gonna live like we normally have all of our 10,000 generations. We're gonna live on our land here and y'all going to live on your purchase land there. That's what the treaties actually say. But when this was negotiated, this was not negotiated in Skagit. It wasn't negotiated in Okanagan or Cree or Cherokee. All of the treaties, each one was negotiated in a different manner. Here, it was in Chinook jargon. You know the difference between a dark jargon and a language? The language we all have this. A jargon has about as much um, ability to communicate as a three-year-old. That's how many words are in a jargon. So these complex legal negotiations were translated into Chinook jargon, a trade language, and like that. Not for that price, let me give you this price. Okay, that's what a jargon can do. So these complex legal negotiations took place in a jargon and then were translated into all of our languages. And um, so that's how it was done. And folks uh, look at the treaty negotiation process like you, you want this, we want this, everybody agrees, not at all. There were some tribal people who negotiated and in good faith. They had, they had had a lot of contact with the settlers, and others were completely against it. Others were in the middle of the road. Some people were in the discussions that we had, said, these guys are gonna kill us. Negotiation is the only thing that we possibly have that will save us, save our families and we just have to try it. Others said no way, and they went up and hid in the, in the mountains because that's where our food caches were and all sorts of ability you know, to survive for the ages. 
So there wasn't a response to the treaty negotiations. There wasn't one negotiation. This stuff went on for ages. And then even after they were signed, it was chaos. We were all rounded up and put on reservations. That's not what the treaty negotiations said. They said that we would live on our land as before. Nope, we were loaded up, put onto the reservations in massive numbers. So even if this had been one traditional land, there was not enough land to support this population that was shoved on there. And then we were told not to leave. And then the treaty went back to Washington, D.C. and had to get ratified. So what was going on? Just a civil war. But none of the, the ratification processes were fast. Ours was four years. We were to stay on our land. They were supposed to feed, clothe, house, and give us education, just like the treaty said. But it hadn't been ratified. And so, you know, even the Indian agents back here were negotiating. These people are starving. We have to give them food. And the, the Fed said, sorry, treaty hasn't been ratified. You can handle it. And people left the reservation in droves. And when they were found, some of them were hauled back. Not all of them. That's just the ratification process. Then after that, e even the treaty ratifying process was so um, uneven that later on, court cases were, were, were um, entire court cases were thrown over because in looking at the treaty negotiation process, they said, this can't be. When, when you have two unequal parties in the treaty, in the negotiation, contract negotiation, which is what a treaty is, you have to go by what the, the, the party with the least amount of experience, we have to go with what they understood about the treaties. So each time in this treaty negotiation, it was done in language we didn't speak, it was done in a manner that was not upheld. And then even, Hundred years later, the treaty process itself was said to be unequal, and that can't happen in contract law. They have to, even in every contract, it has to be understood equally. That's why you're told to read the fine print, because they expect us to understand you know, eight-point font legalese. Well, think about it back then. We didn't have a prayer. But those treaties have become our only protection. So something we did against our will, some of us, something that was unfair from the start, it's our only protection. Because after the treaty-making process, our way of life was basically outlawed, our gatherings were outlawed, and our religions were actually outlawed. On our Shaper Church up river here, there was always a sign saying, this is a religious service. Don't come here with your guns. It was only outside of the church, walking in there as a kid. It shocked me. And they don't base it there. I was told, baby, it's okay. Nobody's going to come with guns. 
can tell it to an eight-year-old or a ten-year-old, and they're going to go, why is there a sign? Which is what I did. But um, we got around this because we are still going to get together no matter. We began meeting um, and holding our religious services in the woods. We also began celebrating and getting together to, to celebrate all of these things from the Western world. So they wouldn't let us get together for our religious um, <laughs> times. So we got together for July, Easter, uh, Christmas, and Treaty Day. Yes, Treaty Day. Can you imagine day. that? We got together to celebrate January the Treaty. But this was a day she could see your relatives. And that is the spirit that really comes from this. The treaties are our protections. The treaty is to say, we're sovereign countries. What happens on our land is, is within our laws. And we're going to be um, as fair and just as we can on our land. But, and we're going to be good neighbors. But those treaties are an important barrier to protect our way of life. But if we don't impose this on others. We just want to share in this understanding because the more that we look at history and decide how we are going to respond to it, the more that we can work together as communities. And so when you look at this from Matthew, so much of this method, message to me has always felt so scadget, mm -hmm. so shoot so, so tribal. We're not going to just take everything and leave nothing for the others. We're going to be good neighbors. And if nothing else, we share our fireworks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. But there's, there is a deep history that we want everybody to know because that's how we can move forward. And even things that seem unjust, like treaties, have come to be our backbone of protection. And, and when our kids are in jeopardy, we can fall back on our treaties and understand we have the right to protect them. So, so um, thank you. Thank you for coming today. It's really, it's amazing to see you all. This concludes another episode of Tales of the Magic Skagit. You can follow us on Facebook at MeyerSign, as well as read our stories on our website, MeyerSign.com. Just click on Behind the Sign for all the good stuff. Thanks for listening, and keep the Skagit magic, y'all.